I remember the beginning of 2020. The dialogue of most people that I worked with was something along the lines of, I'm so happy to see the end of 2019. Thank goodness it's 2020. Bring on this year. And then how quickly that changed. We saw freedoms and connections just get taken away. The things that we had taken for granted. And it was tough for so many people. And yet, what we sometimes have to remind ourselves of is if we're tuning into this right now, we're alive. And that is something to be very grateful for in this moment. I would really invite you to let go of this label of good or bad of this year, because labels of any kind are limiting. They take away our perception of possibility. Labels take away our ability to choose our next steps effectively. They keep us in a fear response and a habit of helplessness. So I invite you to view it differently. Ultimately, 2020 was just a series of 365 days that every person experienced differently, that brought a whole new range of experiences for most people. And if we're truly honest with ourselves, perhaps we'd gotten a little greedy, a little cocky with the freedoms that we had been gifted in clear contrast to the generations that had gone before us. So if you're listening to this, you're alive. Many aren't. Have gratitude for that. Many of us still have freedoms that most generations before us have not had. At this time of the year, as we enter into a new year, there is risk. There is risk to the beginning of any new year and the pressure that we place on that transitional period, the pressure for that transition in itself, one particular day out of 365, to make things better. But the truth is that January 1 of any given year is just another day, another opportunity to show up in a way that makes you feel proud of yourself to choose the lens that you that you want to live that day with, to choose how you want to make those 24 hours matter, to select how you will connect, how you will serve others you come in contact with that day, whether that's friends or loved ones or work colleagues, even strangers. So this year, I, I really ask for you to consider the pressure and expectations you've been placing on the 1st of January every year on that transition period of the new year. What expectations did you have? What do you expect that that transition period will do for you magically? Are you someone who decides on the 1st of January that this year is going to be better than last? That this year, for example, you'll get really healthy? That this year your business will skyrocket? That this year you'll be deeply present with your loved ones? Insert whatever you like. But if you have used the 1st of January each year as this magical solution to any sort of change, let me ask you this. Consider all those resolutions you've made in the past years that were probably action-based. How many fell short by February? Because the stats say that over 80% fall short by February, by the second week. And here's the biggest reason. The goals we seek to attain at this time, let's say, let's keep the example of I'll get fit and healthy. Often we seek them, seek to achieve them or bring that goal to fruition through behaviours alone. We set goals and and behaviours and habits around eating healthy and exercising, for example. But often we forget to change our self-concept, our identity, which is this unconscious belief of who we believe ourselves to be and what we're capable of. We often don't consider changing who we are. We just look at the habits. 
And if we're only seeking to change physical habits without ever understanding the changes that may need to occur in our character, in our beliefs, in our cognitive processing, that's all happening without our control as a survival mechanism. If we don't consider this, we end up back in status quo, regardless of how good those behaviours sounded at the time on the 1st of Jan. What we do end up with each year is just being a little bit harder on ourselves for, and then labelling ourselves as not having willpower or discipline. And unfortunately, those labels start to become our belief of who we are. And every year we tend to get further away from what we wanted life to look and feel like. Please don't do that this time. Let me share with you how you can begin to live life differently, how you can begin to develop a self-concept or this identity of self that expands positively every single year, how you can move toward living every day in a way that you are proud of, not waiting for the new year, not waiting for Monday. And also in living a way that ultimately allows you to reflect with contentment and pride at the end of the year that's been versus being on a, really hard on yourself for not doing what you set out to in January every year prior. So the very first step, there's five steps. The There is a step which is the destination vision. Step two is the gap. Step three is the map. Step four is integrate. And step five is to celebrate. So grab a pen and paper. These are the steps and this is what you are, what I'm inviting you to do differently this year and to live out this year. One is the destination vision. You have to know where you are going in every single area of life. So you're writing a few sentences that feel good, um, that really give you direction on where you want to go. And if that is around the area of, for example, your body, your health, your appearance, defining that as being fit and healthy is not good enough. So let me give you an example of what that might sound like. I'll give you my example. This that says, I have a fit and aligned and energized body that is healthy and strong. I find joy in movement daily and eating nourishing and organic foods. I afford massages, organic food and good quality ingredients and love cooking with the luxury of time. I wear top quality clothes and vary my exercise with close friends. I am grateful for my abundant energy. And so in that, it's a little bit different too. I want to get fit and healthy. I can then look at that when I'm clear on the fact that it feels good and doesn't sound something like I want to lose eight kilos, that immediately when you read that, you think, oh, but I've never done that. I haven't done that for about five years or I haven't been that light for as long as I have known. Those sort of visions that that actually drive fear over hope and possibility aren't the visions that we want to set. So the vision needs to be enticing and feel good. So once you have that, something similar to that, then you can look for the gaps. What's missing in that vision of that area? We need to break down what's missing in terms of habits, the tiny daily ones that stack together to give you your reality, what's missing in your character traits that are stopping you getting that reality, what's missing in your education or your competencies and skills, what's missing in the support you have when the going gets tough and the distractions that no one is immune to arise, what's missing. This step of looking, step two of looking for the gap and what's missing is exceptionally important and most people don't look deeply enough into it. They just set this goal of I'm going to exercise and eat healthy. And this is just an example of that area of life. What I would love you to do is look at all those areas of life, but it's not enough just to say that. 
So I can look at the the body um, vision that I have around having um, eating nourishing organic foods. Well, I know that that's something that has to change. That might be a skill or habit that I put in. Um, it might be that I'm going to choose to eat six handfuls of leafy greens. It may mean that I, the second habit might be that I move my body every day with a mix of strength, cardiovascular and restorative movement. So I have energy. My body is strong and it is cardiovascularly fit. It may be food preparation or planning. So when we look at what's missing this gap, we can define just three of the biggest needle movers for each of those areas of life that we, that we really know help to get us to that goal. So we know we look at the habits, then we can look at the character traits that need developing. And we might look at one, for example, that might be self-respect and how you develop that. This is the part that most people don't do. They just look at those behavioral aspects. So let's take self-respect for an example, but it might be confidence. It could be kindness, anything that you're looking to develop. These traits usually require us to dive in a little deeper into why you aren't showing self-respect. So for example, with this self-respect one, why is it that you value other people more than yourself? Did you grow up wanting to belong and then you sought that outcome by putting yourself last? And now that unconscious fear drives you to repeat that pattern day in, day out. Or have you just let yourself down too many times because the approach perhaps that you've used in the past around your body as the example has been flawed? Or maybe, you know, maybe because you've let yourself down, you've lost that self-respect and and then you're really just the same way that you would have probably lost respect for somebody else that constantly let you down. So discovering when you're looking at the trait that needs to be developed in order to get to that destination vision, e.g. self-respect, why, why is it not there? Why has it not shown up for you? What did you believe to be true about yourself that has stopped that being there? And when you uncover where that belief around the certain trait comes from, then you can change it. When you uncover that driver, you can begin a process of rewiring the brain to alter the belief and that self-concept. In this case, you might develop a new cognitive input that you repeat many times through the day. It might say something like, what evidence do I have today that I have been self-respecting? And then allow the brain to bring you that evidence. You can say, well, actually, I did get out of bed and I did move my body today. That is an offer of uh, an offer of evidence of self-respect. But what we normally do is look for the evidence that tells us that we're not self-respecting or that we're not confident or whatever the character trait is that we haven't been exhibiting. So we need to find a new cognitive input to put in to give us new evidence that actually we are someone different than who we've believed ourselves to be. So you find you might find ways to integrate that new cognitive input into your day with certain pattern interrupts like post-it notes or phone alarms or alerts. And the more often you find evidence for that trait being present in your day, eventually it becomes part of who you are, it becomes your identity and your self-concept, and it takes you closer towards what you're looking for. It's a really big part of what people miss when they're trying to change certain aspects of their life. Then once you know where it's come from and and develop some sort of cognitive input to change your belief around it not being present, then define actually how does that trait look on people? How do people show self-respect? What does that mean? 
Does it look like them being able to say no with confidence to things that aren't of value to them instead of people pleasing all the time? Does it look like setting a clear action plan for the day and having the discipline to stick to it despite what gets thrown their way? What sort of things show self-respect? And then choose one of those. So you might choose to, for the, for the next year, until you nail this character trait, you might choose to focus on saying no kindly and confidently to things that don't matter to you or that don't move the needle towards the things that are important to you. So you're setting around this character trait. You're setting, you're defining where it's come from and why it's not there and what it looks like from a behavioral point of view so that you can start exhibiting it so that the brain starts to recognize that actually this is part of who I am. And then in in this gap bit, this step two, this, this, this is the tricky one, step two. You're also looking towards the support that's needed. Who do you need to ask for help from? It's hard for many of us. Is it your family? Do you do you need to ask them not to put certain food in the house if we're taking the body, you know, health, weight and appearance area of life? Do you need to to get them to help out more with their their washing or their dinner or some other task around the house that you've always done for them? Um And are you perhaps needing to almost hold a family meeting to have a discussion around this outside of emotion where we normally just walk in and say, why doesn't anyone do anything? I never have time for me. That doesn't work. But in advance, we can actually ask for the support we need and and spell out very clearly what, what that looks like and then holding them accountable to that. So that then you perhaps have time to be respectful to yourself and to do those things around your health, weight and appearance, for example. Then, so we've got the support, we've got character traits and we've got the habits that we require. And then the last thing in this gap is looking towards educational skills that might need to be acquired. Do you need to learn more, if we're taking this example of the body again, around food? You actually need to understand that calories don't count anymore. They don't work the way they used to and understand the metabolic consequence of food inside your body. Do you need to understand the different modalities of exercise and their effect on your unique body? And you can you can look at some of those things if that is of interest to you in the free body secrets lessons that are in the free resources on the website and in the show notes to this podcast. What is it that you need to learn? What is it? This, what are the skills or the education that you need in order to move closer to that? And with these things in mind, the support, the education and skills, the character trait, and also three habits that you know move the needle toward the thing that you're looking to, to change, with those things in mind, you go to step three, which is your map. You choose that one life area. So in this case, as an example, is health, health, weight and appearance. But you might look at how you contribute in society. You might look at friendships. You might look at your emotional and mental stability. You might look at your parenting. You might look at intimacy and connection. There's a whole range of areas. That is just one. But you choose one life area, not every life area to work on. Otherwise, too many things never get done. Then you look at three non-negotiable daily habits. You, you write them down, simplify them. One character trait that you will focus on, it's the only thing that you're working on expanding around you as a person. And you work out what that new cognitive input is to find evidence to the truth of it being part of you and an action that shows that you are that, show that character trait. 
and then you may need a skill or new learning and you may need support. So you have a map of exactly what it's going to take to get you to that destination vision in that particular area of life. Then step four is around integration. This is consistent, disciplined action and thinking in line with those chosen traits, habits, and skills. So you literally, you might like to use the whole life success planner and that that link is in the show notes too. But in that, it was set up that way so that you could put in the new cognitive input every day to find what you were going to say to yourself through the day. You could set your pattern interrupts through the day. You literally write your three non-negotiable habits every day. And, but you can do it on a bit of paper if you want to, but you can't just wing it. You actually need to design how that day looks and plan so that those things get done. And then step five is celebration. And this is what most of us don't do. We celebrate, we need to celebrate the daily wins. We cross them out if we're using that planner or on a piece of paper. And when you cross that out, you pause and you celebrate the win. If you're using the whole life success planner and you go to the evening questions, the, um, the reflection questions and discovery questions, you get to score how you, how you did out of five on those non-negotiable habits. So you get to celebrate them or hold self accountable where that was is necessary too. But when we do celebrate it and we accept that we did what we set out to do, what that does is send this little beautiful dopamine hit. And what that does is then motivate us for the next day to show up and do it again. And every time you celebrate those actions, you can remind yourself that you are moving toward what you seek. You've set out the map to do it. And all you have to do is keep on task. Your self-concept changes. You are someone, for example, with self-respect who does what it takes to be healthy and well, for example. And that's it. It's how you change status quo. It's how you change your experience of life, regardless of what 2021 brings you. It is the destination vision, the gap. That's the trickiest bit because it takes looking at who, who we are as a person and what really needs to change at a core level. So the destination vision, the gap, create a new map, integrate those steps and celebrate those steps. You don't notice the change overnight with this. That's the tricky thing with the brain. But over months and years, they stack together and you no longer need to wait for a new year transition to alter the trajectory of your life experience. But because those changes are gradual, and these days we are not very patient, most people won't do them. And most people will fall short of what they want in this year ahead. And my question to you is, will you? I'm Erin Barnes, and I hope this brings a little more vibrancy, ambition, possibility, and wellness to your week. And if it does, I would be so very grateful if you would contribute your precious time to review the Next Generation Wellness Podcast. And if you're keen to get started on some of these things we've talked about, I've got a freebie for you sitting over in the show notes. I invite you over there too.